friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy, as you should be, and continually getting the truth out there every single day to help out even more with your energy and focus needs. Voted, it won the B-Complex formula, one of our top-tier products we have, extremely high-dosed methylated B vitamin formula on sale for product of the week. That will be going up here today shortly, so be sure to check that out on the website at healthmasters.com. And I had some people ask me earlier, like yesterday's when we brought it up about the, um, the spike protein survival kit and essentially how effective it has been for some people, especially even people that necessarily didn't even get the shot. I've been getting positive reviews on it for people that have been really trying to work on blood pressure and maintaining proper circulation throughout the bodies. You know, there's a lot of times if you start having issues with numbness, you start having issues with cold hands or cold feet. A lot of times that can be a symptom of poor circulation. And also this kit can help out with that in detail, even if you're already fairly healthy, but you need to work on the circulatory system. The spike protein survival kit is a great option for that. So also just wanted to touch base on that. And again, want to remind all of our international listeners and customers, the DHL Express international contract we have is still running fantastic. Uh, everybody so far has been getting their stuff within a few days. I told you the last one we shipped to the UK, got from here to the UK in three business days, and then took another day for DHL to deliver it. Um, this is much, much faster, much more efficient, and much more cost-effective than it was ever before, especially when we were fighting through it with the pandemic. So be sure – if you're an international customer, you want to support the show or you want to try a few things out, we got the best rates you can possibly get to get products to you within a few business days anywhere in the world. So be sure to check it out. Call us up or email us or go on the website, and you can use the shipping options right there at healthmasters.com. Now, one of the first things I wanted to get into today, because I saw this, and this is interesting, is that remember I've told you guys <laughs> over the last few years, don't be giving your biometrics out. Don't be doing facial recognition. Don't be doing retinal scans. Don't be doing palm scans. That all this stuff is going to continually become more and more invasive, and it's being used to not only monitor and algorithm people in one giant database that you have an entire profile on. It's also being used to sell your data. Data collection is a multi-billion, I mean multi-multi-billion dollar in a year industry now. Selling your data, selling your location, selling your photos in some cases, selling your biometrics in some cases is becoming big money. Well, Amazon and Starbucks are now being sued for collecting, retaining, storing, converting, using, sharing, and profiting from palm scans, I kid you not, several consumers at a New York-based law firm are now suing Amazon.com and Starbucks for unauthorization use of their palm scans. Plaintiffs brought the action for damages and other legal equitable remedies resulting from the illegal actions of Amazon and Starbucks. And it goes on to say here that the individual's biometric identifier information and geometry and body geometry – in, in storing and selling it <laughs> is a direct violation of the New York Biometric Identifier Information Law. In January 11, 2021, the city of New York enacted a new law that requires retailers and other commercial establishments that re collect, retain, 
or share biometric identifier information to notify their customers of these practices. So they're letting you know they're going to sell it, but they have to actually notify you. Well, this type of information the law applies to includes any type of physiological or biological characteristics that are used to identify a person, which can be facial recognition, retina scans, fingerprints, handprints, and so forth. Well, Amazon and coffee retailer Starbucks essentially decided, hey, We've got people's information. We've got their hand scanning. They violated the law without posting any required notice that essentially they were selling, trading, and sharing customers' biometric identifier information in exchange for various things of value and otherwise profits. Specifically, the defendants are charged with collecting, retaining, storing, converting, using, sharing, and profiting from hand geometries. The defendants were obligated by law to post caution signs on entry doors but failed to do so. It did not give any notification to their customers that all this information would be sold to the highest bidder. Now, that in and of itself, all right, that's going on. What I'm telling you is my whole point in bringing this up is the fact that nothing you give consent about with your information ever stays private anymore. Let's be clear on that. When you give your location out on your phone or on a website, when you give cookie permissions out, which I recommend you never do, I'm to the point now where if I go on a website, even a research site, and they won't let me look in the site without approving all these cookies so they can track and harass and do direct profile advertisement towards me, I will not use the website. I will block it all. If it will not let me do it, I won't use it. I'll find information somewhere else. I will not support any company that will not let me operate without being able to be tracked and monitored everywhere I go on the internet. This is the next step and next phase of being able to get people's information, their location, their identity, and now their biometrics to build a full hard case profile on them about everything they do. That's why I've said if a business or a store is trying to tell you you've got to use biometrics or hand scanning, don't do it. Quite frankly, I don't I don't would never work with Starbucks. I've never bought anything from Starbucks since probably college when I bought a coffee from them one time and it was so overpriced and horrible I never bought anything from them again and that was fifteen years ago. Amazon, you guys already know my stance on Amazon. These companies that are at the top tier list on BlackRock, they are going to continually push the narrative on how far they can take things and collecting your information and at the same time pushing their agenda on you. Yesterday, I took the kids out with uh, my sister and her boyfriend. He got a new uh, Mastercraft. So we went out and they were wakeboarding stuff and having fun. And we're out in the water in the middle of the lake. I'm done in a while. It was great weather. And we were talking and her boyfriend was asking me, he goes, why is it these companies – because he's young. He's only 19. And she goes, why are these companies going so woke with all this stuff that's hurting them? And I explained to him about the ESG score that I've talked to you guys about on the show. And I said, what they're doing is, bud, I said, this is just a, a different form of a Chinese social corporate credit score. I said, they're going in and forcing these companies to go along with all these different narratives as far as with this woke agenda. And if they don't do it, and they don't do what they're supposed to, well, they either replace you in the position that you're in or they start massively cutting your profits. You, all of a sudden, your bonus may be the CEO of a company, maybe $5 million year in bonus at the end of the year. Well, then they come back and they say, sorry, you haven't been a good little ESG slave. Uh, your bonus is going to be you know, $500,000 this year. So instead of $5 million, you're getting $500,000. Well, majority of these guys that are in positions, CFOs and CEOs and presidents, they're just going to Turn their other cheek if they don't agree. They'll say, dude, do whatever you want to do. The problem with it is now it's come to bite them in the butt for good reason. And this is why I've continually reiterated, and I cannot reinstate this anymore. You have to vote with your dollar nowadays. The time that we used to be able to just frivolously buy things from companies and it was pretty much benign and everything was innocent and most companies were fairly decent decades ago, 
That's over with now. Majority of these large companies have been taken over. That's why I continually encourage people to buy local or buy from online patriot companies that are actually involved in doing something positive and getting the truth out there and helping people get stronger or healthier or safer instead of supporting these companies like Amazon that are just turning into a giant global retail monopoly. So again, I encourage you. Be cautious with your information that you give out there. Be cautious about being tracked online, and by all means, protect your biometrics like they're, they're, like they're that, like they're your biometrics, man, like they're your facial recognition, like they're your eyes, like they're your handprints. They're unique to you and only you. Nobody else has the same handprint, fingerprint as you do. Nobody. Treat it as such. Don't just give it out and say, oh, well, it's going to be easier. I don't have to pull cash out of my wallet to scan. I can just put my hand and wave it. Everything when it comes to protection of privacy comes at a cost when you give that privacy up. Always remember that. What do you think, Dad, and how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing absolutely wonderful, Austin. Thanks so much. Uh, good opening. But you're right, though. When you start giving away your biometric information, it's like giving away your DNA information. Uh, all you do is set people up to get information about you and you know through you and for you and all the rest of it, and they can manipulate data. In other words, let me give you an example. Uh, you know, they can say, well, he gave me his palm scan, and you didn't give the palm, palm scan. They got it offline from Amazon, and now they say, well, he was there. He bought this. It's illegal, and so now we're going to charge him with a crime because we have his palm scan. There the you reality go. Is, yeah, but the reality is you were never there. You never did anything, but they have your biometrics, and now they've got it on a database. Well, oh, no, no, here it is. Here's his palm scan, blah, blah, blah. That AI can generate a video of you walking through the store, which you never were there, make it look exactly like you. We saw that with the Tom Cruise video a couple of years ago. And now they say, oh, here, here's, here's Austin Brower going in there. See, there he is using his palm scan. Here, here, we recorded it. That's how we have it. And suddenly now they have data against you. They have information against you. They've got basically evidence against you to say that you bought something you weren't supposed to buy. And so it never ends like this. So you're absolutely right. Giving away personal information is never a good idea. Uh, years ago, we had a problem with some of our uh, pay payroll stuff getting, how should I say, misplaced by the post office. And I went in and I had my staff and I gave them the option, too, to freeze all of our credit information. And I recommend that to everybody, by the way. And so we came in and they froze our credit. You have to use TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. And they basically don't allow anybody, including you, by the way, to take out credit in your own name unless you give them a password or you have some type of key that you've got to call in to give them the information so they'll – open up a credit report, open up a credit file for you so you, get, so you get loaned to borrow money. And what it does, it prevents other people from stealing your information and doing that. It's called freezing your credit. I highly recommend that everybody does that. But again, it will stop all credit card applications coming to you. It will stop all these financial planning organizations from contacting you because your information will no longer be available online. So if you have a plus 700 Beacon score and they want to send you credit card information, they won't do it anymore because they don't want to basically contact you in the event that you actually say, yes, I want the credit card. They cannot get the credit pulled up. I've had this happen to me on numerous occasions. And when I'm at car dealerships and they say, well, we need to run a credit report on you. My response is you can't run the credit. Oh, yes, we can. I'm like, okay, go ahead and run it. And it comes back and it goes, it says your credit's frozen. We can't see your beacon score. I said, that's the way it's supposed to be. And so that's the kind of stuff you've got to do on an ongoing basis to mitigate this type of information being released about you. So I recommend that everybody does that. I really do. By the way, the World Economic Forum now is calling for the AI for Satan's artificial intelligence with Harari and the rest of them to rewrite the Bible, create religions that are actually correct. Again, they hate Jesus. Uh, they're Jews, most of them that are doing this. You know, Schwab's a Jew. Harari's a Jew. They have an atavistic hatred of Christ. They're Kabbalists, and they're gay. So they don't like Christianity at all. A top official in the World Economic Forum has called for religious scripture to be rewritten by artificial intelligence to create a globalized new Bible. Harari, the senior advisor to the WEF, which I just mentioned his name, and the, and the chairman, Klaus Schwab, 
argue that argues that using AI to replace scriptures will create unified religions that are actually correct. Harari, an influential author and professor, made the call while giving a talk on the future of humanity. According to Harari, the power of AI can be harnessed and used to reshape spirituality into the WEF's globalist version of equity and inclusivism. Speaking with journalists Petro Pinto in Lisbon, Portugal, Harari told the elitist audience, it's the first technology ever that can create new ideas. You know, the printing press, radio, television, they broadcast, they spread ideas created by human brain, by the human mind. They cannot create a new idea. You know, Johannes Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century, and the printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed, but it did not create a single new page. It had no ideas about its own, about, about, its own, about the Bible. It's good or bad or how to interpret it or how to interpret it this. Harari then revealed that he and his allies at the WEF have a solution to the supposed problems. He just highlighted AI can create new ideas and even rewrite a new Bible. I told you guys this was the goal. I told you this is what they want to do. I told you they're going to bring in their own world religion. And now the WEF is ordering governments to ban the Bible and issue fact-based version without the God, with, that is not God's word. All of this stuff is what I've warned about and warned about and Austin's warned about for all the years we've done this show, that they want a new world order, a new world religion, new world government, new world social infrastructure system, and a new world caste system, also known as feudalism, in which the poor will always be poor, the rich will always be rich, as we see in the movie The Hunger Games, and they will continue to lord this information over you all the days of your life and allow you to live just subsistently you know, on the edge of starvation as they continually build their new modern cities with their modern conveniences and allow only the quote-unquote world scum, I won't call them elite, to be there and to partake in this. Again, the movie The Hunger Games, all three of them, gave you an idea of what their final goal is going to be for you and what they want for you to do. And the crazy part about all of this stuff is that, you know, we need to realize that the United States has suffered a coup, a coup d'etat. It started, oh my gosh, when John F. Kennedy was assassinated, when Majestic 12 and the CIA and all the rest of these organizations trying to cover up Roswell and trying to you know, protect the central banks all came in and took over the United States back in the mid-60s. But it started even earlier than that. It started in 1913, as I've told you guys many times, with, with, with Samuel Untermeyer, who was a hardcore Zionist who wanted the promotion of Israel and wanted basically Israel to take over from Palestine, the country that was Palestinian for years and for thousands of years, so they could rebuild their third temple in Jerusalem. All of this stuff has been going on now for hundreds of years as the Masonic Lodges have worked with the Jesuits, have worked with the Committee of 300, has worked with the Bilderberger Group, have worked with the Council on Foreign Relations, and we worked with Masonic Lodges to bring in this new world order in which they can rewrite the Bible and basically bring a world under Lucifer through an AI system that will connect you into a hive mind through a 5G, 6G interface that you've been shipped now with this COVID vaccine and you have nanotechnology inside of you making it possible to create a, how should I say, read-write unit out of your cells to allow them to connect into you and make you have your own IP address, every individual. That's the goal here. They can create that hive mind that Austin's talked about so many times from Genesis chapter 6, where every thought will be evil all of the time. And, you know, this is an interesting article that from Paul Craig Roberts. He goes on to say that the United States has been suffering, has suffered a coup, but he also says that we, we, overwhelming evidence now is that Germany did not World War II. And, you know, it's interesting. If you read the movie, the book, the, book, the Bad War, you know, you'll, you'll start to understand why Germany was used as a scapegoat, again, to force the people who were living in Germany, who were Jewish, to go to Palestine for the creation of Israel after the war, which happened almost immediately after the war with a massive persecution that occurred to the Jews because of what happened with the Versailles Treaty and that they were the ones at the highest levels who were running the Versailles Treaty to the central bank, which created 
slave state of Germany to have to pay war reparations of World War I, which precipitated World War II. We need to understand that. Ron Utz also exposed the false World War II narrative, and he returned to the subjects on June the 12th. Basically, you can, you, I'm going to put a link to this. And also, you can watch David Irving's lecture, which included in Utz's article, and it can be found here in this article. And all of this stuff was basically showing that Winston Churchill was a high-level druid. He was a Satanist who bombed Dresden just to kill half a million people, they say, up to that amount. And he was a war criminal, and the Germans were sentenced to death at, war, at Nuremberg. For the, most, for the most academic historians are court historians who write feel-good accounts, accounts being based more on war propaganda than on documents of fact. Academic historians who are exceptions, such as J.P. Taylor and Henry Elmer Barnes, until the truth are disappeared as a consequence. In Irving's case, decades-long campaign had been conducted against him, writing history based on the documents rather than repetition of the feel-good narrative. So when it comes down to the American and the Western world, to be a successful person, you have to ally with an influential interest group to write lies that advance the interest group's interests. This is the main activity of university faculty. It affects science. Consider how many physicists and chemists, for example, receive salaries and research grants from the federal government. All of this is to promote and promulgate the lies that are out there about everything. I've told you this before. Pretty much everything we've been told about our planet is a lie. Everything we've told about the Earth spinning at 1,000 miles an hour with 1,000-mile-an-hour winds when you fly that you don't find is a lie. I don't believe any of this stuff anymore. I know that something's different with our planet. I know that this is the realm that God created for us to be here where Garden of Eden was formed. I know that the procession of the equinoxes remained the same now for tens of thousands of years of recorded history, and I know that something's different on this planet that nobody wants to talk about. I know that when you fly an airplane, you don't have to adjust the trim because you're not climbing off the planet, you know, at 500 feet every 25 miles. And I've known that for a fact because I've been pilot. So all of these things that we've been taught about NASA, you know, with Jack Parsons being a Satanist, Aleister Crowley being a Satanist, Winston Churchill being a Satanist, Stalin and Roosevelt and Truman and all of them high-level Masonic leaders, all of this stuff is being hidden in the history books, and we're not being told the truth. You, you know, it's interesting to me now, the neo-Nazis, supposedly. And let me tell you a funny story. This just It's not really funny, but it's, it's something that happened years ago. I went to, I went to, um, I went to Washington, D.C. Uh, Harrison was supposed to go with us to Europe, and we find out at the last minute that his passport had basically expired and we couldn't go. And so what ended up happening is we ended up going up there to visit D.C. because we had never taken him. Harris is my 24-year-old law, lawyer up in Tallahassee. And what was interesting with this, Harris basically came in, and uh, we went to, to D.C., and while we were there, there was a neo-Nazi rally. I'm not joking. And all of a sudden, Antifa is walking down the streets of D.C., and they're, they're wearing masks. They're carrying steel bars with clubs, and they're slamming their fists with the bars and hitting the bars and acting like they're going to beat people up. They're wearing boots. Uh, they're covered in masks, all dressed in black. And they're basically looking like a bunch of doggone thugs walking down the streets. So they're walking down the streets. So I see them walking and marching and screaming and yelling. And I, and I talked to some of the protesters that were there. They were protesting the neo-Nazis. And I said, you know, are, you, are, are those the neo-Nazis? And they go, oh, no, no, that's Antifa. They're the good guys. And I'm like, well, why are they carrying steel pipes and why are they threatening violence? And why are they acting like this? Oh, well, that's just their style. So they got a hall pass. So all of a sudden the neo-Nazis are about a dozen of them talking. And you couldn't get near them. They were, they were courted off. There was nobody allowed to hear them speak. And so that evening, I went back to the hotel room in D.C., and they were doing a big, how should I say, uh, news story on the neo-Nazis in D.C., and I watched the neo-Nazi talk. This is the guy who was talking. He was dressed super neat. Uh, he, had, he was wearing a three-piece suit. Uh, he was wearing a tie. 
He started talking about border control and the importance of maintaining proper border controls in the United States. He started talking about all – and he was he – he didn't have any tattoos. He wasn't cussing. He wasn't swearing. He wasn't doing anything. He was talking like a church preacher. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But yet Antifa's walking down the street with, with the neo-Nazis, look, looking like neo-Nazis or what we think Nazis would be. And it's funny because I said to the people, I said at the, at the rally, I said, well, if those aren't the neo-Nazis, these Nazis have got to be older. They're in wheelchairs. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, they got to be in their 90s. You know, Germany was defeated in 1945, and I said that was like that was like 60 years ago, 70 years ago. I said these guys have to be older than dirt. They go, oh no, no, these are the neo Nazis, the new Nazis, who are the guys walking in basically three piece suits and no tattoos and telling everybody we have to have, to have proper border control and we can't allow unbridled immigration to come into the United States. It'll destroy our culture. Yeah, those were the Nazi guys. Well, you know, well, you know I, I just got I just think about that stuff and I and I realize it. And then also now we have this. The whole thing is that this, we have this, this neo-Nazis who held the rally outside Disney World in Orlando were from a group called the Order of the Black Sun, and the protest was there first after forming earlier this year. The group who protested outside Disney World over Disney's stance on transgenders and trying to groom children over the weekend has been identified as the Order of the Black Sun. The OBS is a white supremacist group based in Florida that started earlier this year, and this protest was their first. Discovery comes just hours after Disney heiress Abigail Disney said her grandfather would be spinning in his grave at the protesters. Wait a minute. So Abigail is not talking about Disney grooming children. Abigail's not talking about Disney promoting transgender ideology and homosexuality to four-year-olds, but they're going to be protesting that, that what's going on, and their father grandfather would spin in his grave. Well, that sounds to me like the comments of a trust fund baby, as far as I'm concerned, and she has absolutely zero, zero credibility with me. And when they're talking about the Black Sun, that's from Vevelsburg Castle, that's spelled W-E-W-E-L-S-B-U-R-G. It's in Germany. And, and basically, it's a Renaissance castle located in the village of Vevelsburg, which is a district of Buren and Westphala. And it's basically one of the headquarters of the Nazi party. And, and they had a room in there in which they had a gold plaque at the end. And they had 12 supposed you know, monuments set up in there for the people that had been killed at the beer hall push you know, when they were murdered, you know, when the Nazis basically tried to take over the government, which they should not have done, by the way, in the 20s. And I think that's what that was for. But they had a gold plaque in the middle of this castle, and that was called the Schwarze Sonne, this black sun. They're saying that's a direct relationship to that. Now, whether or not these guys believe all that or not, I don't know. But I thought I'd give you a little bit of history on all that stuff and who these people were and what they actually thought about and what they believed. Uh, by the way, Paul Craig Roberts came out with an article on the USA Watchdog. I says a gang of criminals are trying Trump. He says Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, former assistant Treasury Secretary and international award-winning journalist, is worried about freedom and liberty. PCR says that's Paul Craig Roberts. Says with the latest arrest and prosecution of President Trump, freedom and liberty is dead in America. PCR explains what they do makes it clear they have no claim that they were representatives of a justice holding lawbreakers responsible. They are the lawbreakers. They themselves. You go to trial, and it's the criminals who are trying you, and that's exactly what has happened in the United States. That's happening to President Trump. This is exactly what is happening to him. The Department of Justice, which is a gang of criminals, is trying Trump, and they are getting away with it. Because I can't predict, but we're not going to find out by the next presidential election whether we are a country or not. What's going to happen? Are people going to wake up and stop this? If the coup takes place, the United States no longer exists. PCR says what is being done is a lesson is being taught to all future political candidates. If you try to represent the people instead of the elite, we're going to destroy you. So if they succeed in destroying Trump and the people admit that and they don't rise up and prevent it, then what you have from now on is the United States will be tyranny. If, the doc- if democracy cannot put someone in a 
uh, put into office someone who stands for the people who elected the person, then there is no democracy and there is no rule of law. PCR also, PCR also warns the United States is the Constitution. If the Constitution is destroyed, the United States is also destroyed. So if they destroy it, they will destroy all of us. And I agree with him on most of this. The problem that I don't agree on is this. I don't like what they're doing to Donald Trump. I warned you guys about that years ago. But, but the truth about it is, is that Donald Trump pushed red flag gun laws. Donald, Donald Trump pushed Operation Warp Speed. And what they're doing here and what they're allowing to have happen is they're galvanizing the people that are supporting Donald Trump against the rest of the population of the United States to cause further division in the, in the United States and to force the people to go back and support Trump again. All that. All this is for that. Because so many people have walked away from Donald Trump and said, no, we're not going to support someone who pushed red flag gun laws, who pushed red bump fire stock laws, who basically covered up that whole thing that happened out there in Vegas. I won't go into detail with that. Also covered up what happened down there in, in you know, Palm Beach you know, with, the, with the shooting down there with Sheriff Israel. He didn't really get into any of that, who says that the number one thing that he agrees with is his Kabbalah's Tree of Life Award. Nobody wants to talk about that, or he put more CFR members into his cabinet positions of power than any other president did in the history of the country, and who did not pardon the January 6th protesters. On and on and on and on. Now Trump's the victim. Trump's having been tried. Trump's representing the people of the United States again. All of it's a circus show. Brendan's circus for the masses. That's all this is. That's all it ever has been. And it's sad to me that we're seeing all this. By the way, by the way, a House Republican is now warning Trump supporters of a DOJ trap. Clay Higgins of Louisiana has issued a warning to conservative Americans about falling for the trap if they choose to protest against a former President Trump late latest indictment. Higgins, a member of the Homeland Security Committee, Committee warned Trump supporters that the Department of Justice would have another January 6th reference to the alleged breach of the U.S. Capitol if they protest. He goes, my fellow conservatives, the DOG, FBI, doesn't expect to imprison Trump. They expect to imprison you. They want another January the 6th in Miami and in your city and in mine. They want the MAGA conservatives to react to this perimeter probe and in doing so set yourselves up for targeted persecution and further entrapment, end quote. Higgins, Higgins said on a statement on June 11th. Guys, this is a realistic warning. You know, it really is. On the other hand, it's doing going to do nothing if you if you go up there and you protest to get yourself arrested again. Be very, very careful with all of this stuff because if you're not, what's going to end up happening is you're going to find yourself in the same mess that the January 6th protesters are. And that's why they're doing all of this. Quite frankly, they're making it so it's so impossible to protest and to basically stand against the tyranny they're doing without going to jail and being locked up. They're even taking away contributions from the January the 6th people in order not to allow their families to have the money. They're doing this right now as we speak. All of this stuff is to put more fear and loathing into you so you don't stand up against the tyranny. That's why it's important that you promote shows like this and shows that you believe and you tell the truth. And you don't get involved in special interest groups, that you don't you allow yourself to get involved with people that are going to be telling you, like Austin talked about yesterday, asking you if you know anything about how to buy rocket launchers. Stay away from stuff like that. This is a full-blown war against the patriots of the United States to destroy the Constitution of the United States and destroy the patriots once and for all. And Donald Trump did not, I repeat, did not, he did not pardon anyone from January the 6th, which was, which was in his power to do. Just wanted to make all those things kind of obvious today to you guys. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? No, he should have pardoned him, buddy. I mean, that's been a, that's been a topic of discussion yep. for years now. And, you know, the, the precarious situation that, everybody has found themselves in is that this is an egregious precedent that's starting now as far as with Trump love him hate him don't care for him like everything he did don't like anything he did 
this is setting a precedent now of where essentially the republic is no longer a republic and the rule of law is no longer the rule of law when you That's start right. going in and showing everyone if you protest a stolen election you're going to go to prison you know if you show up and you support a protest like Stuart Rhodes convicted him of seditious conspiracy you're going to prison even if you're the president of the United States and you have classified information while you're president and now they don't don't like anything he does remember the concept of what Trump is isn't exactly what everybody fully comprehends and understands what they're seeing now and what they're starting to – I think a lot of people are starting to understand now is the whole point of what they're doing to Trump is to crush any type of dissidence, any type of make America great again attitude, any type of the ability to actually have a rule of law in a constitutional republic. That's what this is. It's to, it's to kill a movement. It's to arrest a movement. It's to extinguish a flame of freedom in the United States. Trump isn't doing anything positive right now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was going in and starting a giant brouhaha, just clown show with DeSantis. I mean, back and forth. They were both doing it. It was one of those embarrassing things I've ever watched. DeSantis has done a great job with a lot of stuff down here in Florida. Has it been perfect? No. Some things he's involved in, I'm not sure about 100%. Did Trump do a lot of positive things when he first got into office, especially the energy sector and fuel and everything else? Absolutely. But what they're doing is now they're constantly trying to pit everybody against anybody that they can. The more you can divide a society, the more you can divide a country and break them up into smaller subgroups and then smaller subgroups and then smaller subgroups, the easier you can control and dominate them because they're no longer looking and paying attention to what's actually being done to them. They're just paying attention to the theater that you consistently spoon feed them every single day in the mainstream media. That's why if you notice on this show, we bring up usually a lot of topics that don't get discussed a lot, stuff that's really happening, and then try to give you guys the best research and analysis and options on the backside of it. This is a republic that is starting to collapse. There is no question about that. It's already in its momentum move. It's already, it's already pushing down. They're going to try to push it. Now, the question that everybody has to start asking themselves is how far are we going to work to try to push it back up or maintain it? How far are people willing to go, and how long will this continue to go on? I mean you saw the aspect of what this, this Biden clown show with his bribery scheme and this audio footage and the stuff they released with all this, and then this is going on with Trump. A lot of – everybody already knows Biden's a clown and is a career criminal. He's been involved in it for decades. I mean it's, it's not hard to figure out. It's not hard to do any research and see. The same thing the Clintons were, the same thing the Bushes were, the same thing as Obama was. This is something that has occurred for a very long time now. I mean we had a sitting president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, who completely and totally tried to essentially <laughs> literally erase – his entire history of what he did and where he was. Nobody could find anything about him at all. I mean, he, it was, he was the most clandestine president we've ever had in our lives. And then you had all the gay rumors spilling out, and then the guys talking about the, they were involved with him and all the gay stuff he was doing and the drug stuff he was doing. But yet you couldn't seem to find any other classmates that would say anything about him. Couldn't find anybody that knew anything about him. He sat, you know, as far as in one of the, the Senate seats in Illinois and had like one of the worst histories as far as being there. But yet suddenly he shows up out of nowhere 
he's elevated as this new president that's going to be, you know, the new great president. Saw what happened with that. It's the same thing. It takes a long time to dissolve a massive constitutional republic that has significant rights that have been ingrained. The Bill of Rights is something that is very, very important. Now we're going to have to see what's going to happen with the House and if they're actually going to go along. And uh, well, the House House has passed this. I saw this earlier. How this is going to work with the Senate? I told you guys before the unbelievably inept, unconstitutional, moronic alphabet agency known as the ATF. They went in and they decided last year that they were going to just arbitrarily change their minds and decide that a piece of plastic on the back of your gun that was a stabilizer brace now made your gun a short barrel rifle and you had to register it. Well, they said there was roughly 40 million of those that are running around now. They said everybody had to register their guns by June 1st. You know how many registrations they've had on those? Like 20,000. That's the report that is showing up. They've had like 20,000 registered. You do, do the math, okay? You do the math. Well, now the House, the House actually grew a set of stomach guts and voted 219 to 210, nullifying – the House did. This was last night – nullifying the ATF's new rule regarding pistol braces that passed the House of Representatives and awaits further review by the Senate. Tuesday, June 13th, U.S. Representative Tracy Mann announced that he voted in favor of H.J. Resolution 44, which would block the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms rule to expand any enforcement over pistol braces. Specifically, congressmen indicated that the rule classifies a firearm with a stabilizing brace as a short-barrel rifle and makes it under regulation of the 1934 National Firearms Act. He said this rule is an attack on the Second Amendment. Rights of law-abiding citizens, the Second Amendment, is a load-bearing wall in our system of rights. That was a very interesting term when he said that. I like that. He goes, if you weaken it, the whole structure is compromised. When the federal government overage directly flies in the face of our constitutional rights of Americans, we have to stand up and fight back. This resolution sends a strong message to the Biden administration. House Republicans will not remain silent while the Second Amendment is dismantled. Now, the thing about this is… I don't know how this is going to work with the Senate as far as how they're going to go along with this and what's this going to be back and forth the House if this is going to go bouncing forth like a tennis show because right now it's essentially under a um, – it's basically had a uh, injunction against it. So it's in limbo, so you nobody can force this. Nobody can get in trouble for this, but it's like in this – limbo area so this is going to be something again i've told you i've continually updated and watched this thing i've continually encouraged you guys to do the same but this whole thing was just such a direct infringement of the second amendment rights and people that didn't fully understand it i heard like oh it's not a big deal this was a huge deal this was up there if not bigger than bump fire stocks because bump fire stocks there was only a small amount of them in circulation because quite frankly they were useless and again we saw how that turned out that whole thing got resolved they're not resolved i should say it's still going through these different legal channels, but it's been now overturned in multiple districts because it was considered and deemed to be unconstitutional. What they do, if you've noticed this now, every presidency usually has about one big hard hit to the Second Amendment load-bearing wall, as uh, Representative Mann so eloquently put. Just about, about at least one. They take a big old sledgehammer, every administration, they go up and they knock a huge chunk, a nice block out of it. They've done it. You can go back and look at every administration, what they've done with our freedoms, whether it comes down to our direct firearm rights or freedoms surrounding those rights. One of the main ones we saw during the Bush administration was TSA and the ability to travel freely unmolested on your way, which also fell under the scope of firearms as well in some cases. That was the first step that you saw really coming in and reshaping the fabric of the United States and the ability to live free. Again, under the guise of what? We're doing this to protect you. 
we're here, we're here to save you. We're, we're, we're going to make sure we go to your house and we have our FBI snipers shoot your wife in the face with a 308 while she's carrying your son. Well, we're doing this for your protection. I mean, you got to understand that. You know, the, 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 they, they had to do it to save Randy Weaver. They had to kill his wife to save him. It was for his protection. And again, I'm being extremely sarcastic on an extremely hot topic. But this is what they have done repeatedly over and over and over again with these alphabet agencies. So forgive me if I don't trust the alphabet agencies with being able to dictate and manage law that they don't even put into place and using their own discretion to start going in and forcing compliance with whatever they want. The FBI has gone completely rogue. We've seen that now. They're, they are the new Gestapo. What, what they did on January 6th with their plainclothes FBI agents, what they did with their confidential informants, what they did in setting a lot of that up, that's something you do with the Gestapo, East and West Berlin. That's what you do when you come in and you start controlling an entire country by force for fear of reprisal. Nobody wants to say anything or do anything while you blatantly violate the law because nobody wants to go to prison for 20 years. That's what we're watching right now. That's why I said yesterday – be very cautious. The game you play right now is checkers, or excuse me, it's chess. It's no longer checkers anymore. You know, everybody used that phrase when Trump was in office. He's playing three-dimensional chess. Now that's what we're actually involved in right now. Sometimes you got to play certain things accurate to get the information out that you need out. This is why it is so important that everybody works together in getting the truth pushed as hard as they can in every direction, and then let it settle. Let people pick it up. Let people that have a taste and have an acquired will and want of freedom and of truth to grab it because that's essentially what we're watching right now, whether or not people want to wake up and hear the truth or whether it's easier just to take the blue pill and go back to bed in the matrix and just pretend that nothing happened. No, 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 I'll take the blue pill. Once you take the red pill and you wake up in the matrix, it's a different world. Very different world. And I'm just referring to the movie, just what we're in right now. It's a matrix. It's a spider web of deceit, lies, manipulation, and propaganda. And once you see all that dispersed and you see what's really happening, it makes you kind of understand what's happening even further and why it is so important. Like earlier, you know, they're constantly talking about this build back better stuff with Biden, all this money. But yeah, then there's all this video yesterday of I-95 up in Philadelphia. Whole bridge collapses. Collapses. Now they're saying it's going to have, you know, prices of goods along the East Coast are going to go up dramatically. It's nearly 13,000 trucks use this bridge. Now everything's diverting and getting jammed up. Well, this is what happens again when you want to go in and you want to collapse a society. You let the infrastructure crumble. You continually get as many people as you can on the government handout, as we've seen now. You bring in hordes of individuals from other countries that also get government handouts, as we're seeing right now in New York. You also come in and start continually causing more and more relations to go sideways with different groups. This is how you make a country fall from within. They're never going to have to have direct action engagement with other countries invading the United States if they continue doing what they do right now and nobody says anything about it. I'll be honest with you. It may take another 10, 20, 30 years, but the direction they're going and the fact that so many people are not even willing to go in and actually stand up for anything, uh, it's mind-boggling. However, I do see some awesome things continuing to occur with some of the younger youth now, as a lot of the younger youth are becoming more alert and aware and awake of what's actually happening. Yesterday, I saw a video, and I had sent it to my wife, and it was interesting because it was school officials at this uh, this high at this middle school. It was a uh, Burlington's. They had a town meeting about the middle school pride decorations being destroyed at this middle school. So this middle school. 
basically came in and said, you, all the students have to wear rainbow colors on their clothes today. This is like a mandate by the school. All the middle schoolers had to go in at Burlington Public Schools and wear their rainbow support for their pride support. Well, the students, these are middle schoolers, decided they were going to go in and they were going to all wear in unison a huge portion of them, like 60, 70 percent of the kids got together and they were all going to wear red, white and blue. They're going to wear American T-shirts. They're going to wear USA. They started walking through the hallways saying, my pronouns are USA. Go America. They started walking through and pulling these idiot pride posters down with homosexual depictions on them and tearing them up and throwing them in the trash. And the school board went bonkers, absolutely bonkers. They said, this is such a dangerous precedent to have occurred. We've got mob rule in the school by the middle schoolers. This is, this is unprecedented. We can't allow this to happen. But you can't allow middle schoolers that don't agree with perverted sexual ideology to be pushed upon them and they go along with it quietly. You can't allow children to express themselves. What, what, wait, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. What happened to the kids being able to express who they are and everybody being accepted for who they are and everybody being able to just, you know, it's going to let everybody be inclusive. What happens if they don't want to identify as a gay pride flag with six colors on it? Ironically, when the rainbow has seven colors in it, the flag has six. People didn't figure that out already. What happens if they wanted to wear American shirts and their pronouns are, are USA? Don't you have to respect them, school board? Don't you have to respect who they are and identifying who they are and blossoming and expanding their outlook and their reach? Oh, no, 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 no. Remember, it's rules for thee and not for me. You're only allowed to do stuff when it goes along with a perverted agenda. That's okay. You do something that goes along with pro-America, no dissent will be tolerated whatsoever in these middle schoolers. I'm proud of these guys. I hope they push back harder. I hope they do this every day during this month that they're trying to promote this perversion. I encourage it. And if I was at that school, I'd be over there taking those kids out for ice cream afterwards. Be like, hey, all the parents, all the kids, let's go get some organic ice cream. You guys did a great job today. Let's do it again tomorrow. The job's not done. I'm being sincere about that because if everybody has the right to express who they are, and everybody's allowed to be inclusive, allegedly, right? Everybody's allowed to be proud of who they are. Why is it that only one group, one specific group is allowed to be proud of who they are and display with mass push who they are and everybody accept it? Why is only one group allowed to be isolated like that? If this is America, if this is freedom, if this is what we're supposed to be about and being inclusive and being supportive and the hoorah-rah rhetoric that they tell everybody, why is it that only one group can do this and no other groups? Why can't we have a, a straight pride day? Everybody wears their shirts, and they're proud that they're dating their girlfriend or their boyfriend. They're they're proud to be heterosexuals. Whoa, bro, you can't do that. That is homophobic. So it's homophobic to be proud of who I am, but you can display all your perversion out in public being proud of who you are, and, well, that's just being inclusive and being supportive. Do you guys see where I'm going with the double standard here, why it is so important to push back regardless of what they try to say? As I say all the time, the old quote, the only thing evil needs to succeed is for good men to do nothing. Even if it's just middle schoolers wearing American flag shirt to school, showing that they do not go along with a certain agenda and they're expressing their rights as well. 
that right there sets a spark and encourages other students. And I'm not saying to go around and be hateful to somebody. If somebody's having an issue, if they're having a mental problem and they have gender dysphoria and they really truly have a mental disorder, I'm not saying run around and be hateful to them. I'm not saying engage them or cuss at them or be mean. I'm not saying that at all. You need to love and support them and say, hey, listen, I'm trying to get you some help. You got gender dysphoria. You got a mental disorder that's in the DSM-5. Let me help you out with this. But you don't have to go along with the fantasy and pretend in their realm that everything's normal and that, hey, if you want to walk around and dress up like a girl and you're a grown man, I'll support that decision and I'll encourage it and I'll continue to play along with your fantasy that just has you so deluded. You don't have to do that, guys. There's nothing biblical about that. There's nothing <laughs> there's nothing patriotic about that. And the only reason they're pushing it and telling everybody they have to do it is because they're trying to change the very culture in these young children's lives right now. So they will be desensitized to this to a degree which I don't think any of us can even fathom over the next five to ten years. So middle schoolers, I commend you, salute you, That's right. stand up again, do it tomorrow. What do you think, Dad? You know, Austin, I remember, and I, I know you remember this, I remember you were about 10 years old, and we were doing a radio talk show in Houston with John Jay and Rich, and in fact, they're based out of Phoenix, and I think they're still on the air, I haven't been on the show for years and years and years, I got blackballed after we did a show one morning for about three hours with them, and the, the producers or the people of the station said no more on Ted Brower, that was it, but that was like 15 years ago, but about 25 years ago, I was doing this show with John Jay and Rich, and I remember we left that show that morning and we went to the galleria mall in houston you were with us austin and i'll never forget sharon wanted to go look at this versace store and look for some jeans which i had no intentions on buying because they're massively overpriced anyhow but i thought well we'll see what they've got and we went inside the store and it was two stores connected with a breezeway like a five foot eight foot opening between the two stores where they had gone into a second store and we got into the second store looking at the jeans and there's a big gay poster on the wall of two guys basically sitting on each other's lap about to kiss and i'll never forget Austin. Austin looked at this, and I looked at that, and Austin says, Dad, what does that even mean? And I said, Austin, we got to go. And so I, I looked at the girl who was waiting on us, and I said to her, I said, that poster is offensive to me. I refuse to support your store when you have gay, homosexuality, pornography on the wall, in my opinion. And she looked at me, and she shook her head and said, I wish you would tell my manager I've had so many people walk out of this store because of that poster, and he refuses to remove it. Will you please, please speak to him? I said, yeah, bring his butt out here. I'll talk to him. So this guy walks out. He's a complete, complete and total flamer. I mean, this guy's as queer as queer gets. I mean, you know, he was like, well, I'm not going to get there, but it was, it was, it was disgusting. I mean, the whole lisp and everything else. So he comes out. He starts telling me, you know, well, you know, well, what's wrong with you? Why, why don't you like my poster? And I said, look, I said, dude, I could care less about your poster. If you want to put that poster in your house, in the privacy of your own home. And if you're a flamer, I could care less. I don't care anything about you or your lifestyle. I said, but when you bring this to, to a public setting like this without posting it, you've got gay pornography on the front window and letting people be warned to not bring children into this store. I find it offensive because my 10-year-old wants to know what in the world all this means, and I have no interest in trying to explain to him what this means. We got into a heated debate. I mean, we were, well, honestly, I was, we were yelling at each other. It almost ended up in a fist fight. I kid you not. I told Sharon to take Austin out into the into the into the breezeway area, get out of the store, and he and I explained to him how the world worked and how. Well, I'm not going to say what I said, but it wasn't very pretty. It was, I'll be honest with you, I got pretty ugly. And, and the sad part about it is, is I went immediately to the mall management. I, I told him I said I'm going to take this to the mall management, and I went over to the mall management. I went over there and I raised. I mean, I raised he double sticks, and I said, remember, this is 25 years ago. And I told him, I said, I don't care what he does in the privacy of his own home. When he puts gay pornography on the wall, I don't want my children to see it. And what ended up happening is they 
basically said something to him because about, you know, a few months later, we went back into that mall again. And I looked inside the window and that gay poster was gone. Apparently, they raised enough heat with him. But now it seems interesting to me after we waited a quarter of a century, Austin. Now we no longer have them saying we're going to take the gay poster down. Now we say you have to put the gay poster up. And basically, if you take the gay poster down, you've got to be a neo-Nazi who doesn't like gay people. Grandma-hating, grandma neo-Nazi, child killer, baby killer, whatever you want to be. If that's what they want you to be now, they label you that because you, want, you don't want to have gay propaganda on your walls. And I find it nauseating. I really do. And I, I mean, if they want to do all of this stuff... It's one thing. I remember Mancan and I talked about it on his show a few years ago. And he, and he said, it's not enough that you say, okay, do what you want in the privacy of your home. You can't say that to him. You can't say that. You've got to say, I love what you do. I want to endorse what you do. I admire what you do. And I, I want you to, everybody to like what you do. See, it's not enough that you just accept it and just ignore it. They want you to embrace it. And that's the problem that I've got. And I've said this to you before, and I'll say it to you again. Years ago when we started this podcast, so 10 years ago when I first started doing Doug's show, I, I was real lenient on all this stuff because the problem I have is this. As a biologist and a chemist and a naturopathic physician, I know what happens to a child if he's given estrogen, if he's a boy, in utero, and basically he is feminized from the start of his gestational development until he's born. And his left brain becomes a right-brain-dominated hemisphere. The, the estrogen is antagonistic to testosterone. And I feel bad for these guys that they're born this way because they've been given estrogen compounds while their mother is pregnant. I do. I feel bad for him. So I was trying to be lenient towards him from a, from a physiological standpoint. The problem is not that that's wrong or right or whatever. It's that they no longer feel that way. They have become militant, that they get accepted and have special rights and become special interest groups. You say, well, gosh, you sound like a homophobe. I am not a homophobe. I'm not. But I can't stand it when someone tries to force their values and their opinions on me. You know, I, I can't stand it. You know, I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a Christian. If people want to accept Christ, accept Christ. If people want to listen to the show and have me talk about Jesus, listen to the show. I've never forced that down y'all's throats. I never have because I don't believe that's necessary. And if you get somebody tries to force Christianity to you or force Buddhism to you or force you to become a Muslim or force you to become a Jew or force you to become something else, is that a true conversion to begin with because you're being forced and coerced into doing it? Why should you be forced to accept an ideology that's basically steeped in Satanism of perversion? And I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. That's how I feel. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm not, I don't apologize. It's just that as Christians and as believers in the Most High God, when someone says they want to rewrite the Bible and have AI rewrite it, we know that AI is tying us into an interdimensional interface with Lucifer and the evil one, and they want that entity to rewrite the Bible, take Jesus out. That's not okay with me, and I'm going to stand against it with every breath in my body, every fiber in my being, and every ounce of life that I have left in my body for the rest of my days here. Because if we as Christians and we as believers can't stand for what is right from God's word and we want to continually compromise ourselves, what separates us from the world? That's not to say we're not going to sin. It's not going to say that's not to say we're not going to do things we shouldn't ought to do. But the reality is at least we have to have the rights to know that the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, Ron sent me a really nice text yesterday about a friend of his who has died, and basically you know, it, was, it was a great text. And, and, and he started, started talking about how our show is so important to him and, and, and how much you know, he appreciates us talking about Christ and the Bible and encouraging people to have faith. That's what we're always going to do. It doesn't matter what AI does. It doesn't matter what ET does. It doesn't matter what retaliant aliens do. It doesn't matter what UFOs do. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is to serve God and obey his commandments, for that's the sole duty of man, period, and to love Jesus with all your heart and love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor. That's the most important thing is to walk in love and forgiveness with one another. And so we need to understand that we need to accept Christ and know who Jesus is. 
and understand what a blood covenant is and what his blood did for us from an interdimensional standpoint as an omnipresent being. We've talked about that so many times on the show. But standing our ground, that's what we need to do right now. Stand against the World Economic Forum. Why do they have, even, why do they have any control over anything here? Well, they control the central banks and they control the money supply. That's how they do it. That's how they control everything. It's through money, through Babylonian money magic. Same thing that Lucifer got all wrapped up in as far as the commerce that he was doing with the buying and selling of trading in the pre-Adamic race. He became prideful, and he fell. He thought he could overtake God. All of this stuff we talked about in Angel Wars, and we need to continue to talk about it and make people realize that we are the children of the Most High God, and God plus one is always a majority. It doesn't matter what the masses think. It doesn't matter. And that, you know, we have our true glory and our true reward in heaven. This morning, I, a good friend of mine, Walt, I talked to you about his wife, Ra- 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 Raquel, a few months ago, and she was dying. Well, she passed away this morning. I need everybody to pray for Walt today. Pray that God gives him strength. And, and Raquel's the, the cancer devastated her body. And, and pray that, that thank God that she's in heaven now. She's got a new body. She's completely pain free. She's walking with Jesus now in glory. And so it's a it's a transition that we're all going to make. But pray for Walt now that he stays strong. Uh, he's like a brother to me. I got him saved like you know forty something years ago when I was in college at Florida State. Been a friend of mine for half a century. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. I really, really do. And I know I got on a rant this morning talking about this stuff, but guys, it's enough. It's time that we all stand our ground like the book of Ephesians says, put on the full armor of God, dig a stinking trench and get in it and say, I'm not leaving anymore. I'm not giving you any more ground and stop this mess. I appreciate you. I had a chance to pray for you guys this morning too. I love you. Austin, finish it up. I, I got all flustered this morning. Finish it up. <laughs> Yeah, you're spot on with that, man. You're exactly right about this. And I mean, this is this is why you continually are starting to realize that more and more people are pushing back all the way down to middle schoolers. And I had somebody send me a text when I was talking about that because I apologize. I didn't give you guys the exact place of this. This is at Marshall Simmons Middle School up in Massachusetts when I was going over this article. So you guys can look that up. I'll post it on the website. They're like I always do with article links. So you can look at it. And um, this is something that I mean, and it's funny because the articles – if you read it, there's like not you can't find one positive article. All they do is talk about these children were disrupted because they wouldn't wear shirts and they were basically pulling down some of the pride posters. One of the posters said it's homophobic to say it's it, that's so gay. You know, this term you always heard when I was younger, same way. Somebody do something really stupid or is really dumb. And some you'd go, man, that's really gay, dude. That's, I'm not doing that. That's really gay. Even if it wasn't even homosexual in act, it was just something. It was a phrase. It was whatever it was. But now they're saying you can't say that anymore. You can't say this anymore. You can't say that. You've got to wear a pride shirt to school. What happens if somebody doesn't want to wear that? Well, now you're homophobic. So now, if you don't agree and go along with something that somebody demands you do, now that makes you that label. Now, again, why is this even being pushed in a middle school? Just a question everybody else needs to be asking. Why is the middle school pushing sexual preferences? These kids aren't even in their age range where they're, much of them are really going into puberty yet until maybe the very end right before high school. This isn't a range where this needs to be even addressed. High school would be bad enough if they were doing this. Middle school? What's next? We mean elementary school? But again, this is the nature of what's happening right now. So continue to get the truth out there, my friends. Again, thank you for support at healthmasters.com. Keep the faith up. Keep your body strong. If you need anything, check out the website. Going to have a new list of different products that are going up for voting today, this afternoon. Working on that here shortly. And again, the B Complex product of the week right now, which is, like I said, one of the best formulas you will find on the market. I encourage you 
if you're comparing supplements, you've got to look at the base raw ingredients as far as what the actual B complex you're having, the ingredients that are actually in it, the dosages that they're having, the actual what vitamins are in them. You know, majority of the products you see on the market as far as B vitamins, they're notorious, notorious for using cyanide cobalamin, which is an extremely cheap synthetic B12. We use methylcobalamin. At, you know, 400 micrograms in one capsule of this, plus all the other different types of nutrients we have as far as the B5, the B6, the niacin. This is something that everybody needs to be on. It really helps out with energy, really helps as a great addition to the ultimate multiple capsules or the ultimate multiple powder or the ultimate multiple chewable. Great addition of this, even just throwing an extra one a day really makes a good difference with energy focus. Because remember, B vitamins are water-soluble. They do not build up and store long-term in the body. They're constantly flushed through the system. That's why a lot of times if you take high doses of B vitamins, you'll notice there's multiple. You'll notice as far as what it does to your urine color. It's because you're flushing some out through the kidneys, which is completely natural and normal. But again, this is why you've got to constantly keep them loaded up in your system to really keep optimal performance and optimal health on a regular basis. So thank you again, my friends. Continue to support healthmasters.com. I appreciate you and support local companies. Do research when you start buying stuff from people. Find out who they are. Find out their background. Thank you. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.